Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Chris Wark is one of the most well-known cancer survivors on the planet who reaches millions of people a year as an author, blogger, podcaster, speaker, global health coach, and patient advocate. He was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2003 at just 26 years old. After surgery, Chris made the decision to go against his doctor's advice and opted out of chemotherapy and instead chose to use nutrition and natural therapies to heal. Six years later, he began sharing his message of hope that chronic diseases like cancer can actually be prevented and reversed with a radical transformation of diet and lifestyle. Listen in on how this incredible survivor chooses himself in the most transformative of ways. Chris Warwick, thank you so much for joining me today. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So I would love for you to share your story. You know, of course, people know you as a Chris Beat Cancer. And the word itself, cancer, the concept itself is absolutely terrifying, more so perhaps than any other diagnosis. And that's because, you know, we know so very little about its etiology, its treatment, its potential. And because of that sheer unknowingness and the, the multidimensionality of this collection of different branches that all fall globally lumped together as quote unquote cancer. And because of the persistent prevalence that's increasing around the world, it impacts so many lives. So would you mind sharing your journey that you've been on for the last, what, 18 plus years? Yeah, 18 years. Just had my anniversary uh, in December. And uh, for anyone that doesn't want to do the math, I was diagnosed in 2003 and I was 26 years old. I had been having abdominal pain for the better part of a year. It was it was sort of a vague pain that would come and go. And um, eventually it sort of got worse. And that's when I finally went to the doctor and got referred around a few times and they did a colonoscopy. And when I woke up from that procedure, they said, you've got a golf ball sized tumor in your colon, the large intestine. And uh, they took a biopsy and day or so later, they called me and said, Hey man, bad news. You've got colon cancer. We got to get you into surgery right away and get this thing out before it spreads and kills you. And how did that feel? Well, you know, at any age, I think cancer is a, uh, it's, it's, it's a shock. It's a traumatic event. A lot of cancer patients experience PTSD from the diagnosis because it's such a psychologically traumatic event. It's basically someone saying, you're dying, right? You have a life-threatening illness uh, that there's no cure for. And so that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> hard to, it's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine that that's your life. Especially in your 20s. I mean, you're so young. You know, you expect it happens more later in life, but in your 20s, it's like you think you're invincible and life is good and you've got, you know, everything's going as planned and then boom, like crazy. But how did that feel? Yeah. Well, I had never had any health problems, zero health problems, never took a medication. You know, I mean, it was like, I, you know, yeah, it was completely out of the blue and uh, not my, I didn't have a family history of colon cancer. So I didn't know anybody really, you know, I'd never seen anybody up close that went through cancer. So yeah, it was pretty foreign to me. I didn't understand the disease at all. And I didn't really understand health. I was a typical cancer patient, you know, I was clueless. 
and most patients are rushed into treatment before they understand their disease, right? They don't understand what's causing cancer. They don't understand what contributes to it, what promotes cancer growth, what what they can do to, to help themselves, to change their life, to increase their odds of survival. They don't know any of that, right? And um, I should mention that even though I was diagnosed at a young age, Young adult colon cancer is one of the fastest growing segments of cancer, right? More young people are being diagnosed with colon cancer than a lot of other cancers. And this is primarily due to our increasingly deteriorating uh, diet <laughs> that is right. so, so unhealthy, so toxic and inflammatory that, uh, you know, the Western diet has, is spreading around the world. And I was, uh, you know, my generation, which I think you and I are pretty close to the same age, I'm assuming, but my generation was really the first fast food generation, right? I was born in 77. I grew up in the eighties and in the eighties, it was like fast food restaurants were popping up everywhere. McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza yeah. Hut, KFC. TV dinners. Right? And even like at home, we were eating all this processed frozen food because I oh, am yeah. the generation. Yeah. It's yep, the, the microwave, you know, really took yeah. off in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're, you know, just processed food, fast food, junk food, it just exploded. And uh, and so anyway, I mean, I had my first birthday at a McDonald's. Right. right. <laughs> literally, my first birthday party was at a McDonald's. So it's like, <clears throat> that's, that's the generation I grew up in. And uh, even now, you know, it's even worse now. And uh, colon cancer is, is, increasing in other countries because of the invasion of processed food, fast food, and junk food. 100%. So anyway. And if you think about it, just just to elaborate, because it's so interesting, is that the one, the first touch of our, the, the, the biggest connection of our bodies to food is our GI tract, right? We take it in through our mouth. That's the beginning of our GI tract. And everything from the outside world is introduced into our body and becomes part of us. So if you think about it from that perspective, it's so crazy that we're flooding our system with things that are directly impacting every cell in our body, body but beginning with the the colon, with the GI tract, this amazing network of, of systems that's put into play. So it makes sense why this is an increasing prevalence in this specific cancer. It does. And, you know, I think the big, the big idea, and there's a, there's a few big ideas that I, hopefully I can communicate in this interview, but one of the big ideas is there are thousands of ingredients in food, in processed, packaged, fast food, and junk food that your body was never meant to ingest, right? These are artificial chemical compounds. We're talking about additives, preservatives, uh, color enhancers, texture enhancers, uh, you know, all kinds of weird stuff is put into food to make it look better, taste better, right? And uh, your body doesn't know what to do with these these things. And, uh, you know, fortunately, our bodies are pretty miraculous, right? You have an incredible detoxification system and your body is constantly detoxifying and trying to eliminate toxic threats, most of which are coming in through your mouth. Uh, and um, so, you know, when you think about that and you realize, and I should also mention all the, the pesticides, right, that are sprayed on food that are so toxic, herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, so <clears throat> you think about all that, we're under constant onslaught from 
potentially toxic chemicals. And it isn't like one molecule is going to give you cancer, right? It, that's not the problem. The problem is, is this constant barrage and this toxic soup, right? Because there's a, what I call synergistic toxicity. It's not a term I made up, but I talk about this in my book, Chris Beat Cancer. There's a synergistic toxicity of exposing yourself to, again, hundreds, thousands of molecules, chemicals that your body was not meant to ingest. Right. And the confluence of tragic things going in through your system. But wait, but back up, Chris. How did you get from doctor's offices into the kitchen? I like that question. <clears throat> so I, you know, I, I got the diagnosis. I was rushed into surgery. Uh, this was a couple days before Christmas. And I was able to postpone the surgery uh, to December 30th. Because just frankly, I just didn't want to be in, in the hospital on Christmas, right? That's just, that sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, the, that's like the worst Christmas ever. And I, so, I, so anyway, they let me postpone it. I go in and by the way, you know, definitely cancer definitely ruined Christmas 2003 uh, for me. But anyway, because it was just this looming terror, right? Uh, over my life and all my family members knew. And it was just very... It, it was just the elephant in the room, you know, at all the get togethers. I was kind of like, oh, Chris has cancer, you know. But anyway, I go in for surgery. They take out a third of my large intestine. That's where the tumor was. When I woke up from the operation, they said, it's worse than we thought. You're stage 3C, which means uh, it had spread to my lymph nodes. And uh, they were hoping it would be stage 2. Stage 2 means they take the tumor out and send you home and you're done. At least that's what it meant in 2000, you know, 2003. Um, and, but stage, stage three means you need chemotherapy. And so I was told I needed nine to 12 months of chemotherapy. And so that really changed my outlook and uh, it became much more grim. But a couple of things happened in the hospital. And initially I just was like, I mean, First of all, I'm on heavy drugs, you know, when they tell me this. I'm just like, okay, I guess I got to do chemo. Um, but a couple of things happened in the hospital that, that kind of got the wheels turning. The first one was the very first meal that I was served after uh, they cut out a third of my large intestines was a sloppy joe. Yep. Yep. I've worked in hospitals. It is so ironic. Yeah. A personal favorite of yours, I'm sure. And so, you know, I mean, I just look down at it and I'm like, this is gross. Like, why are they serving this? Just the worst example of industrial caf cafeteria food, right? This is like the sloppy joe. Where do you get sloppy joes? Well, as far as I knew, it's like, this is what they, this is like food for summer camp or, you know, the military or prison. And they're serving it to sick people in the hospital. So... That didn't make sense to me. And and truth be told, I ate the sloppy joe. I was hungry, okay? <laughs> I wasn't that uh, indignant, you know, right? I didn't make a stand at that moment. But um, but I again, I was just thinking, that's weird. And then a few days later, I was recovering and they said, you're doing great. You can go home this afternoon. And my surgeon came in to check on me and we just having a conversation about what to expect and what was next and stuff. And I just happened to say, hey, is there any food I need to avoid? Because in, in the back of my mind, right, I know, well, they've cut out part of my guts. Everything you eat is going through there, right? It's going down the tube, mouth to anus. 
And I didn't want to eat the wrong thing if there was a wrong thing and, and like, you know, screw up the surgery, right? Is hot sauce going to melt the stitches? Like, you know, like, is there anything I need to avoid? And he was like, no, just don't lift anything heavier than a beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's amazing. That right. disconnect between diet and all of these diagnoses in the medical world still prevails. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, that was all the advice I got from my abdominal surgeon, nothing else. And so I, again, I'm thinking, gosh, I, this doesn't make sense. And look, I had no medical education, no scientific education. You know, I had a six, I had a four-year degree that I got in six years <laughs> in, in business. And, and, but I was, you know, I am a very instinctive person and I think I have, you know, I, I'm high in, um, in emotional intelligence and common sense. And so I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. So anyway, I, I go home, I'm recovering from surgery, getting off the pain meds, weaning myself off as quickly because I just didn't like being on them. And I learned later uh, that uh, morphine can uh, promote metastasis uh, and they give cancer patients morphine every day, which is pretty insane. Um, but I was getting off the pain meds and as I sobered up, I was thinking about my life and my future and and chemotherapy and and the idea of poisoning my way back to health did not make sense to me. You know, I just, I had seen cancer patients out in the world that were in late stages, right? That whose bodies had been ravaged by chemotherapy. And, you know, I knew enough to know like that the chemo did that, right? The cancer didn't do that. It was the chemo. It was the drugs. And so I had an aversion to that, right? Like this is really toxic. This is, these are highly toxic poisonous drugs. Like I, I don't want to put them in my body. And I think that is the feeling that every cancer patient has, <laughs> right? I don't want to do that. But there's so much pressure and they use fear to manipulate patients yeah. into saying yes to treatments that are uh, dangerous, uh, highly destructive, and have a very limited efficacy. They, and for most cancers, they don't cure them. Uh, and, uh, in a lot of cases, they don't even extend your life. So, but patients don't know these things. And so they're just, they just are like, okay, I guess I got to do it. The doctor says I have to, everybody says I have to. So I, I was very conflicted and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any alternatives. I didn't know anything. Your story is so amazing and you have it all beautifully on your website, which people can go to. What is your website? ChrisBeatCancer.com. Can you please tell me what it was like to change your diet? Like, how did you actually, what was your, the actual fix? Like you found food and how was that to dive in? And can you tell us a little bit about that? I prayed. I said, God, I need help. I, I don't know what to do. If there's another way besides chemotherapy, please show me. And I got a book that was sent to me from a man in Alaska who was a friend of my dad's. And it was about the raw food diet. And the man who wrote that book, George Malcolmus, had healed his colon cancer with a raw food diet and juicing. And as I read the book, I was just blown away. It made so much sense to me. And he made the case like we, we talked about earlier, that the reason we're so sick is that we're polluting our bodies with all this processed food, fast food, junk food, and too much meat and dairy. And how all these things contribute to inflammation and fuel cancer growth. And so that was a huge light bulb for me. And I got excited 
and, and was encouraged that I could change my life and help myself heal. And this is the tragedy of cancer treatment is that patients are told there's nothing you did and there's nothing you can do to help yourself. You just have to show up for treatment and cross your fingers and hope it works. And the, the reality, the truth, the science is very clear. We know what's causing cancer. There's, there are numerous causes, but they're all known. And if you're willing to change your life, you can reduce your risk of ever getting cancer and you can increase your odds of survival just by changing your daily routine, your diet and your lifestyle and addressing stress in your life. And these, these are things I talk about in great detail in my book, but I jumped right into the raw food diet. I mean, overnight, overnight, there was no, there was no, uh, you know, pondering or considering, you know, I was like, I'm doing this right now, right? Where, who sells juicers, right? And uh, so I went straight to Whole Foods, loaded up the cart, fruits and vegetables, bought a juicer and decided, you know, I'm just jumping in feet first. I'm going to figure this out as I go. But I was excited about this notion, at which occurred to me, which was I'm going to overdose on nutrition and see what happens. Right? What what will happen if I flood my body with all these vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, phytonutrients in plant food, probiotics, prebiotics, fiber? You know, I'm just going to pump it in and see what happens. Right? And believe that my body can heal. And and the other big idea like I talked about earlier, is the body creates cancer. These are your cells. It's your DNA. The body creates it and the body can heal it if given the proper nutrients and care. This is missing from the medical world, right? It's like, no, you can't heal it. No, it's not curable, right? We have some drugs that might work, but uh, it might extend your life, you know, et cetera. But generally, um, the message is one of despair. It is uh, discouraging, depressing, and uh, devoid of hope. And uh, I decided not to do chemotherapy. I decided, you know what? That's I can do that anytime. I can do that later. But right now, I want to build my body up. I want to change my life, take control of it, and do everything in my power to help myself heal. You know, it's like this multi-level thing. Like, first of all, it's what you're putting into your body and it's also what you're removing from your diet, like the stuff that you're not impacting. So it's kind of like this win-win situation. And it's it's like the, it's like that saying that if you leave your body alone and you get out of its way, it will do what it needs to do. And that's kind of a way of doing that is by ameliorating all of your life choices. And I think that's really exciting that you were able to accomplish that. So what would you say now is a day in the life of what you eat? So, uh, I, you know, my full story is in Chris Beat Cancer, the book. Uh, and, uh, but I basically went from a hardcore raw food diet to a mostly raw diet, right? Plant-based diet and have maintained that for 18 years. I've experimented with a lot of different things over the years, but I got well, right? Spoiler alert, I got well. Um, I started a website called Chris Beat Cancer in 2010 and you know, it just so happened that there was a lot of people looking for help, looking for encouragement, looking for resources, and there wasn't much on the internet in in the holistic healing cancer space, right? Using nutrition, evidence-based nutrition and natural therapies to help yourself heal. And so I just ended up, you know, with a very large audience pretty quickly uh, just by sharing my story and what I'd learned. And 
And um, again, this was six and a half years after my diagnosis. I don't know if I said that, but I, I waited. I didn't just jump in and be like, I want to be a famous cancer guy, right? Uh, and uh, I was working in real estate and I kept doing that for years and years. But um, so that grew and uh, I'm blessed to be able to do this full time now and just focus on helping people right, take control of their life and their health as, as do you. But my a day in the life for me is very simple. Like this morning, I had oatmeal. I had oatmeal with flax seed, hemp seed, chia seed, and black cumin seed, um, cinnamon, fresh blueberries, a little blackstrap molasses for the iron, magnesium, potassium. Calcium. Yeah, and the <laughs> calcium. It's it's a superfood. Uh, and um, and a little uh, and uh, and a tablespoon of peanut butter. And uh, it was delicious. And I, I basically, yeah, I basically eat that, you know, a lot. I, I should mention, I have a brand new cookbook. It's called Beat Cancer Kitchen. Oh, we were going to go there, Chris. Yeah, oh, good, good, beautiful good. new cookbook. Yes. But tell yeah. me about your day and we'll go back to the cookbook. Yeah. So, you know, oatmeal is an easy breakfast for me and I like it. It tastes good. It gives me tons of energy, fills me up, like, you know, and it's just packed with nutrition. So that's breakfast. Lunch might be a giant salad or it might be a fruit smoothie. And then dinner, we'll, we'll, we mix it up. That's where we, we just, my wife is really amazing and she just cooks all kinds of delicious plant-based meals that are just a variety of veggies. Uh, you know, sometimes there's salad with it. Sometimes it's just a bunch of cooked veggies like spinach and uh, sweet potatoes and uh, black beans or pinto beans or brown, black or red rice cabbage, cauliflower, kale, you know, just all the vegetables and, uh, and they can be prepared in so many delicious ways. So, um, yeah, that's dinner. And so that's big part of my routine. The other part is exercising six days a week because exercise is like the most, one of the most underrated things you can do for your health. People just think they need to exercise to lose weight, right? Or they think they, they want to exercise to look good on the beach or look good naked, but and those are fine reasons, right? But what what's happening on the inside of your body when you exercise is incredible. You're you are turning on genes that prevent cancer. You're turning off genes that promote cancer. You're uh, it's an antidepressant. It increases detoxification. It improves your cardiovascular health. So, exercise is a key component to health and cancer healing and prevention. So, you know, about six days a week, I am doing some type of exercising, whether it's running or rock climbing or CrossFit type stuff. So that's a big part of my day. And, and the thing about exercise is you have to, you know, everybody, this is the new year, right? And people have resolutions and they want to get healthier. You have to plug it into the calendar, right? You have to put it in your calendars. This is non-negotiable. At this time every day, I'm exercising. Even if it's just walking a mile or two, you get tremendous benefit from that. So that's huge. And then, um, and then keeping my stress low. This, that's another really, really key thing because when you are in a state of stress, and there's a lot of things that cause stress, right? There, you can have stress from things in your past, unresolved stuff from your past, uh, you know, bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. You can have stress from your present, insecurities, jealousy, envy, envy you know, demands, obligations. And then you can have stress that's based in the future, and that's fear, worry, and anxiety. So all of those sources of stress, right, are, are coming at us and they weaken your immune system. When you're in a state of stress, your body starts pumping adrenaline and cortisol and those two hormones suppress immune function and increase inflammation. And so over time, having a stressful week is not a big deal, 
But when you're living day in, day out of this chronic grinding stress and you have all these unresolved problems and issues and really unhealthy patterns of thought and behavior, uh, you're, you are leading yourself down a road that will end up with chronic disease. And not just because your immune system is suppressed and you're inflamed, but also because we seek to medicate our stress and our pain and our anxiety in unhealthy ways. So, right, we're always seeking medication and it's usually, you know, overeating, eating unhealthy food, it's drug use, legal and illegal, uh, it's smoking, drinking, right? And uh, there's a whole list of, right, bad behaviors that people do to self-medicate. So this is such a key, it was a key part of my journey. It's an, and it's a key component to health and healing is understanding that your the stress in your life can be so destructive that it can be the one barrier to healing. It can be the one thing that stands in the way of you restoring your health. And so that's a big part of what I I talk about in my first book, Chris Beat Cancer, and then I have a daily reader, like a 365-page daily reader called Beat Cancer Daily. It's it's a big thing that I try to help uh, folks understand and and resolve is identify the sources of stress in your life and then actively work to resolve them, to 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 eliminate them, because then it lightens your load. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, and then this next book, this newest book is the Beat Cancer Kitchen. And I'm looking at it right now and there's all these beautiful pictures and I'm very excited to try the super sriracha because everyone here knows how much I like spicy and your broccoli sprout pesto. And there was this purple sweet potato pies with almond date crumble that I've got to try. What are some of your favorite recipes from this new book? Well, we, yeah, we had a ton of fun putting this thing together. We started in 2020, you know, and, uh, and got it finished this year. And, uh, so the, Gosh, I love every recipe. I mean, every single one we we are, is easy to make. They're delicious. They're packed with nutrition. But like the cauliflower and kale spaghetti, we actually had that last night, and it's like it's so good. People rave over that. There's a pineapple and basil rice dish that is super good that we're you know people are posting about on on uh, Instagram, and uh, and yeah, the ones you mentioned. The the I'm I'm really really proud of the broccoli sprout pesto. That, that's so that creative because it's hard to, you know, a lot of people can't tolerate broccoli sprouts. And we know that with all that sulforaphane, it's a really potent cancer fighter. So that's a great way to use it. I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a very, very, again, it's one of my proudest achievements uh, <laughs> in the cookbook is figuring out a way to make broccoli sprouts, you know, delicious and, and you know, palatable for, for more people. And, uh, and everybody likes pesto, at least most people do. So, um, you know, that's a sampling of a few things, but there's, there's breakfast recipes, there's lunch recipes, there's dinner, there's desserts and juices and smoothies. I mean, it's a full color book and, uh, yeah, I, and it's all plant-based. So, yes. you know, congratulations. Yeah. And there's a section in there, I should mention, there's a section in there that's for hardcore healing. So if you have cancer and you want to maximize your anti-cancer nutrition every day, there's a very simple, small set of recipes that you should follow, right? Just eat these every day, which is what I did. I just kept it really, really simple. I ate the same things every day. And on the cover of the book is my giant cancer fighting salad. And that was sort of the staple meal for me, lunch and dinner every day, over and over and over, because I realized there was no substitution, right? There's no way I could get more nutrition in my body in one meal than the giant cancer fighting salad. So it's broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage, onions, mushrooms, you know, beans or bean sprouts, 
uh, sauerkraut, apple cider vinegar, uh, and then spice it up with oregano, cayenne pepper, curry powder, maybe a little brag sprinkle. I mean, it's just like all the ingredients, right? Deliciousness, like you're making me hungry. That's yeah, yeah. all the deliciousness and all the nutrition that you need. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. I mean, all we put all those flavors together and it's just this really wild, delicious salad. So again, that, that had to make the cover because it's, that's the salad that saved my life basically. But, um, but there's a, so there's a section with those those recipes, the anti hardcore anti cancer recipes, and then there's another section just with recipes for prevention that are all of course whole food plant based, uh, and and really fun. Uh, and so, yeah, we're we're just really enjoying the feedback we're getting from the cookbook. It's been out for gosh, really about two months now. Yeah, it came out in November. So, um, yeah. Well, congratulations, and I just have one more question for you. I would love to know you have a coaching program. And you talk about how to overcome fear and the beating cancer mindset. Can you give some a little bit of an overview of what that looks like for someone that may be facing this diagnosis? Yes, absolutely. The beat cancer mindset is you have to get a hold of your thoughts and your emotions. And cancer taught me how to do that. And it taught me how to practice gratitude and how to just be grateful for all the the things in my life that I took for granted, right? Every the fact that I can get out of bed, that I can see, that I can hear, right? That I can speak, I can feed myself. <laughs> like these are things most of us can do, and we don't think we never even think about it. And all of a sudden, and th- and this is my this is my gratitude hack, which is anytime I feel frustrated. And by the way, I'm not in some perfect Zen guy, right? There's people people piss me off, right? Things frustrate me, like that's just life. But I've learned these cancer taught me these tools, right? That I use to to keep my sanity and keep myself in a state of peace generally and low stress. And one of the biggest ones is this. Anytime I get start to get frustrated, no matter what, angry, frustrated, I just can stop right in that moment of emotion and say, "You know what? Right now there is someone dying in the hospital that would give anything to take your place. Yes, this is a very empowering message, Chris. Thank you so much. It's all about this choosing you now. And it's instead of falling down that trap of fear and disempowerment, it's the opposite. It's about taking responsibility and making it happen. And you're a walking example of that. And I really appreciate you sharing your story here with us today. Thank you, Juliana. Yes, you have to want to get well. You have to be willing to let go and take responsibility for your life. Make a decision and enjoy your life. Embrace the journey. You have to choose it and you can choose to live now. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page at patreon.com slash choose you now. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content. Please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.